0: So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens, worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. Hola! Hello. Yes, uh, i Good evening, everyone. That's Jan Miller here with our uh, 99th episode of Kuden Radio, the podcast for you wild and crazy serious martial artists or, I don't know, whoever else is showing up. Anyway, um, so, um, let's see, uh, like I said, uh, episode 99. So next week will, will be like, uh, triple digits. That's awesome. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. I'm sure people are just, uh, finding their way in and all that and that's fine. So let's just jump into things. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy career, uh, in this martial art. I had never set out to be, a Professional martial arts educator, professional martial arts instructor, whatever, but here we are right, so make make some adjustments here for the folks that are watching on video all right uh so anyway, uh so like I said, crazy ride uh a lot of you uh know my backstory and all that, but uh the questions still keep coming in about uh you know how I got here and and all that stuff right, and I think this is um not that it's important that you know my story but it's important that that uh folks have like something right that drives them forward right otherwise this ends up being just like everything else uh that can happen in our lives where we we have good intentions right and we start it and then for whatever reason right it falls by the wayside right it happens happens uh, to my students a lot right and i get it life happens but at the same time uh you know, what keeps us going when life happens, when shit happens, right? So last episode, we talked about, uh, this cognitive dissonance kind of thing where we can have, uh, two or more thoughts that are competing for the same space, the same brain wiring, the same energy. And, but they don't reconcile, right? They don't jive, right? So it's, it's not like, um, you know, I'd like to have a nice house and, these kind of styles of houses, right, like, you know, a cabin in the woods or whatever, right, is my kind of thing. Th- that jives, right? So but having a really nice house in the city and a cabin in the woods, but I can only ever see myself having one house, that doesn't jive, right? Or even worse yet, right, um I'd like to have a nice house, but um, I don't believe that I'm worth more than $11 an hour kind of thing, right? Um Maybe you can still come up with a nice house but it's gonna be eh, much smaller right than maybe what you uh, what you envisioned right so anyway um, so people keep asking about this this journey right uh, and maybe maybe in past episodes uh, I haven't like I don't know described it well enough or whatever but um, finding needed to, and finding a lot of these other things that I do, right, that that kind of came as a parcel or that Nijitsu led me to, right, um, was part accident and part um, part uber intentional, right? The Nijitsu part was not intentional, right? So let's go back. Let's go way back, shall we? Okay, so there was this TV show that a lot of you could probably still find episodes on who knows, some of these free apps that are on Roku TVs or uh, maybe on YouTube. I haven't gone looking for it, right? But there was this TV show with a guy named David Carradine, who was as un-Chinese as they come, but he got hired as this actor, right, to play this character uh, in a TV series. I believe that came out in the 70s. I didn't bother I to look it up. Um, but it was called Kung Fu, right? And there was a remake that happened later on where he – was really in the position of the original chinese teachers that he had um, helping this other character right but the original series uh has him leaving china ending up in basically wild west um, america and this was made kind of on the tail end of when um westerns right were the were the big thing in uh uh in in american tv and so it was. How do we? How do we? Um, how do we introduce this foreign kind of thing, right? Um, in in a way that American audiences will accept it. Kind of like the original Star Trek, right? Um, that was a science fiction cowboy show, right? Um and I, I know that because I've read the history on it, right? But it was this neat little package that allowed them to introduce social the social concerns of the time, so to speak, racism and, and those kind of things, right? Uh feminism and whatnot that they introduced through this through this um uh, this storyline, right? So uh it was a way to kind of introduce that, right? And and kung fu was that way, right? And so if you if you follow it you know there was this this he was an occidental right he was a it was a uh, i think half he was supposed to be half chinese anyway uh was dropped off at an orphanage right in china uh not an orphanage but a but a monastery right and they took him in and they they raised this kid right at a certain point he leaves and goes back to America where at least one of his parents are from and um you know trying to find. I can't remember exactly what he was trying to find. Was he trying to find his parents or his mother or something like that? It was probably the, the original find my mother story. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, he was trying to just get by. Right. And so they're trying to, so they're trying to introduce these, these ideas of, you know, here's this pacifist, right. Who is just trying to make his way. Right. So you know, work for a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. He's just trying to get from point A to point B. And, Lo and behold, he's always running into situations where, uh, he needs to help somebody who is being picked on by, you know, bullies, people that harass, uh, tough guys, whatever, right? But it's in this wild west kind of thing, right? So there's gunfights, there's, there's, you know, guns involved, there's fist fights, there's whatever, right? But what really struck me as a young, impressionable, um pre high school graduate kind of individual who also, again, if you know my backstory, right, uh, who was bullied quite a bit, who was abused in the home, um, whether it was words or uh, physical kind of things or whatever. So it's kind of drew my attention, right? But what really got me was the the philosophy and the, the intention. I mean, here's this guy who knows all these fight skills, right? But he would rather not. Do any of this, right? Trying to negotiate either for him to not have to fight or for people to stop picking on the victim that he's kind of stepped in, uh, to kind of help, right? That's what really got my attention because it wasn't like, wasn't like today's movies and whatnot where everything is all about, um, it's all about the action. It's all about the fighting. It's all about the, the dominate and crush kind of thing, right? Um, even the, even the kids action figures today, right look very different than the original characters when they came out right i mean it's it's like they're jacked on steroids and a whole bunch of other chemicals that have the muscles you know oversized and they've got these mean grimaces on and all that um i don't care if we're talking about ninja turtles or or whatever right everything batman right all these characters right they're just they're in this super they're less relatable by the everyday person right and so um Again, that's, this is what really drew me in, right? This idea of, of, uh, living a life of peace, having these skills, but more than the skills, having the philosophy for living a peaceful, non-aggressive life, just trying to, you know, live a, live a serene, peaceful kind of existence, right? And, um, you know, but having something there if, if I needed it, right? That was really, really, really attractive to me, right? So I don't know how many of you, you guys that are, uh, my age or maybe close or maybe even the younger guys that, that bumped into this, this TV series along the way. Again, I'm talking about the original one because they even started making changes when it was remade in what, the nineties maybe? Is it the nineties? I don't think it was late as the early two thousands. Um, but either way, right? Um, but that, that's what drew me in, right? So, uh, even even on the tail end of all that abuse and stuff that that kind of set me on this path, um, to not only be a police officer, but to find the lessons where I wouldn't have to, you know, I wouldn't have to live in that kind of fear anymore. Right. So I go looking for martial arts and, you know, found some that mm, maybe, but what I, what I found a lot of were just different fighting styles Where's the philosophy? Where's this stuff, right? So every once in a while, there'd be these little snippets, these little one-liners, right? I don't know if any of you guys um, can relate to this, right? Where, uh, you know, it was it was talked about, but, you know, you got to be confident. You got to be strong. You got to be disciplined. Those kind of things, right? Um, but one of the things that I, I talk to people about in my in my academy when they come to us for training, it doesn't matter if it's adults or if it's parents of their children or whatever, we've all heard you know, you gotta be confident. You gotta be more confident. You gotta be more disciplined. You gotta be more responsible. You gotta be this. You gotta be, but where are the lessons for how to make that happen? Right. And so that's what I also found within martial arts training. Right. Uh, I remember walking into a martial arts school right after I'd, I'd gotten out of the military. So we're talking, what was it right out of the military? No, actually it was in my, time it was my, my seven month furlough right uh, where I had, I had gotten out and was uh, trying to find a job as a police officer and uh, eventually seven months later I ended up re-enlisting and going back in but it was in this in this time period right where um, uh, my wife and I were doing some things and I, I saw this martial arts school uh, on this little in, in town square kind of thing and uh, it was Close enough to where I lived that, I mean, it was still going to be a drive, but it was worth me going for if it was going to work out, right? So I walk in and really nice looking school. Really nice. I mean, it had a little, uh, viewing area kind of like we have, but there was a, there was a railing to keep, you know, people from going out into the official dojo training area. And, um, there's this lone student out there working on what appeared to be a staff kata. Okay. Pretty cool, right? He's in uniform. And I look to my right, and there's the instructor, right, full uniform, kind of sitting very, very laxadaisically. Those of you watching video can see what I'm doing with my body, right, just very laxadaisically, just kind of kicked back, right? Every once in a while, barking an instruction, right, to the guy out on the floor. And in between the barking of instructions, there was the (sighs) puffing on the cigarette, right? So. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter whether or not I'm a smoker or not. It doesn't matter or not. You know, to me, whether the other person is, you know, they they have the occasional drink, they have the occasional cigarette, whatever. Um, I get it, fitness and all those kind of things, right? What did bother me was this student. Uh, this because the instructor let me know that this guy was there for a private class, right? Learning this thing. What bothered me was. The teacher's demeanor and what they were doing when they were supposed to be helping a student, right? So I said thank you and left, right? Um, and never went back, right? Uh, because again, not only was I driven, right, by the never want to be, never want to live in fear, like I was, I grew up in, right? And wanting to have the skill sets necessary to protect other people, right? But I also had this TV show, I think, running in the back of my mind, right? This, this Kung Fu, uh, not The Legend Continues. I think that was the, the remake, right? The, again, the original Kung Fu uh, TV series where there was a certain type of philosophy, right? And it was about health and it was about living this compassionate, serene, you know, that kind of thing, right? fighting comes last blah 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 right and, I'm, and when i say blah 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 i'm just trying to cut to the chase i'm not uh under uh undermining or demeaning or or anything like that 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 kind of philosophy i i think that's that's awesome right uh so that that was part and partial to the vision which i think is important for everyone right if everybody took a moment yeah. and this is not for the folks that you know maybe saw a flyer or saw something online or whatever and and thought oh that'd be cool you know never thought about doing that before but that'd be interesting right and decided to give it a try not talking about that right again nothing against that we all bump into things and then you know make a decision right talking about the folks that you know you've been doing this for a while uh you've been training maybe you're even teaching right and you have a certain belief system about the way things should happen now, right? Uh, especially for those who are teaching, right? How do you describe that to other people when, they're, when they come to you and, and say, oh, you know, hey, might want to learn martial arts, right? How do you approach that? Because my experience has been most group leaders, most teachers or whatever just start talking, right? They throw out all the benefits that their art has or all these features, right? Features are what you do. Right. Um, we've got staff. We've got sword. We've got, you know, tic-tac-toe. We've got, you know, we've got Budo Taijutsu. Uh, we've got the our grandmaster is, you know, and uh, we're speaking a language to people that in all honesty, right, just like us when we go shopping for things, right, have in their head, what will this do for me? Or they're looking for this as a solution to something. And so they want to know, will this help me with this thing that I'm looking for, right? They're not looking for a used car salesman, right? Um, they're not looking for your story. They're not looking for why you got involved, right? But if we were to begin by looking back and trying to remember how and who we were when we first got started, what were we looking for, Right? What was missing or what did we want to add or what did we want to, you know, what did we want to be able to do, right? Was it confidence? Was it anger management? Was it, um, you know, I want to look at cool in front of all my friends or whatever, right? You can look back on that and then find out how or what other people were looking for and amass this, this library of reasons. You can better talk to people right? Because as soon as they tell you what they're looking for, you can speak their listen, right? But either way, right? But I was looking for this thing. And so um, I ended up jumping, right, from class to class to class. Now, the very first class I got involved in, again, it was an accident, right? Like most people, right, in today's world, I checked out something and got involved in something that was close, easy, and convenient, right? And um this one was free, which is what a lot of people look for, right? Now, it had to be free because my stepdad was, he blew all the money the family ever made. We were, certainly weren't getting anything. We weren't allowed to, to sign up for anything, uh whether it was a sports team or activity or whatever, that was going to cost him any money, right? Because he was too busy spending it on him, right? Um Again, not a value, value judgment. It's just what it is, right? So uh the the what you guys would call middle school, the junior high school that I was going to um kicked off this whole slew of after school activities so there was a there was a chess club that started, there was a uh, a d and d club there was uh, a tennis club, that kind of stuff right and there was this martial arts club that started, and I thought, martial arts. Immediately, my head snaps to this Kung Fu show, right? Like, ooh, that'd be cool, right? And on top of that, being a beaten, meek, weak, you know, young kid, low self-esteem, right? My friends, my close friends, really good friends, right? Tony and Brian and a bunch of these guys, right? None of us were the cool kids, right? We had our own little inner circle kind of thing, right? Um, but that also came with its own little... Kind of things that went with it too, right? So, uh, lack of confidence, uh, no sense of self empowerment, right? Uh, you know that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, but the the here's this there's this class or this here's this thing right after school. School's over. Twenty minutes later, whatever the the club started. They ran for about an hour, hour and a half, whatever, and then. You leave, you go home, right? And I, I walked to school anyway. I, I lived inside of a two mile radius. So there was no busting for me. I got a chance to walk, right? And, um, so I signed up for this class and, um, it worked for a little while, right? I went home. I was all jazzed about this and, and, um, uh, you know, stepdad listened and my mom listened and, Oh, that's, that's neat. What's going to cost me? Nothing. It's free. Oh, okay. I don't care, right? Well within three or four weeks, then he suddenly cared, right? I want you home after school. Um, now looking back on it, developing some skills, maybe it's not gonna be so easy to land punches on me or hit on my mom or whatever, right? So, um uh, but anyway, uh one more than a couple of weeks, then uh yeah, you know, you need to quit the quit the karate club, get your ass home right after school. Okay. I've always had, I wasn't a defiant kid because I was beaten, right? But this is one of those things. Have you ever had one of those things where you just had to do it, right? You just had to do it, right? And um, I did, right? So uh, next week, I didn't quit. I went to class, went home afterwards, got grounded for a week, right? Get your ass home. I told you to quit that club. No good reason, just, you know, whatever. And um, like I said, I got grounded for a week. So I was in the house, no friends, no nothing, right? So uh karate club was on a Wednesday, Wednesdays after school. All these clubs met Wednesday after school. And so um, went home, got grounded, was off grounding the next Wednesday morning. Went to school, went to karate club. Went home, got grounded for a week. Got off-grounding the next Wednesday. Same thing, right? Um, I don't know why why I didn't get beaten for that. Maybe it was because I'd already learned how to block things and move. But either way, right? Um, And I continued to do that until the club was disbanded, right? They just started losing people and lack of interest and whatever. And, um, you know, club was over. But either way, I I kept doing that. And um, then there was, you know, there was... Finding the occasional book or the friend that had learned some stuff and, and those kind of things. Um, it wasn't until when, uh, I got, got in the military, right? And got my Thursday's class at 3 p.m. Uh, that's my joke, right? It wasn't exactly Thursday. I think it was a Wednesday and Thursday, uh, class for police school, um, to learn what I call the government six, right? These six techniques uh, that you learn that are supposed to cover everything, right? Everything that could possibly happen on the street. Uh, I, that's the government CYA. And if you've been in the military or law enforcement or whatever, you know that CYA stands for cover your ass, right? So that's for the department and the governmental body to cover their butt from law and lawsuits. So uh, if the officer steps over the line or whatever, then, you know, their butt gets hung out to dry. Anyway, so it wasn't going to be enough, so then I started fishing. I started looking for things, right, and had gone through my fair share of martial arts. I mean, I literally went from um, uh, that experience to um, uh, on base. Whatever was going on on the military post that I was training on, it's an army, so it's a post, right, not a base. But anyway, um, uh, Taekwondo, two forms of that. Uh, Kung Fu, two or three forms of that, uh, Jikundo, um, uh, form or two of Aikido, small circle Jiu Jitsu, uh, just, you name it, Goju, Shoto Shotokan. went through these things and just trying to find things because, but you know, now I'm a cop, right? Now I'm this, uh, mil- I'm military cop, right? Which means that everybody that I'm going to arrest, 90% of them are going to be, uh, trained killers. So, uh, not exactly the same as a uh, town cop, but anyway, uh, so now I've got an even more imperative need to, to get things and to make sure that I can handle myself and in a liability conscious way so that uh, you know I can come across as professional, I can protect myself and those who need protecting, and I'm not crossing any kind of legal line uh, to cr- cross from self-protection or restraint techniques and things like that into uh, what can be classified as assault, aggravated assault, uh, attempted murder, those kind of things, right, which is a, a big concern that that most uh, – I, I believe that most self-defense and martial arts-minded people uh, ignore, right? They have these dumbass cliches like, you know, I'd rather be twelve uh, tried by 12 than carried by 6. Okay, if you really want to stretch it, me too, but I don't want to be tried by 12 either, okay, because there's a whole thing called trial science and there's this whole other realm of – how that needs to be presented, and if you think that the system is going to be there to help you, uh, you better be able to afford one really, really good lawyer, because public defenders get, what, 50 bucks to 200 bucks, depending on where you are, right? You get this really small amount, right, to look at your case and sit there next to you in a courtroom and help you get the best sentence possible, least, no, 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 no. Anyway, right, so there's all these things, right? So, but I had this to be be concerned about, right? So I was going from from system to system, teacher to teacher, all that kind of stuff, trying to find things that weren't just classical martial arts, weren't just you know something where you got to go through this and it's going to take you two years before you can even apply something, Um, whatever, right? I mean, and it had to match. It also had to match the kind of attacks that modern People were throwing, right? So, uh, you know, there was just this fishing expedition, right? So, anyway, so when I bumped into Ninjitsu, the first thing that really stood out was obviously the the effectiveness of the techniques and and options, right? What really jumped out was this this idea that it wasn't really a style. That what I was looking at was something that provided a lot of options. That would handle a wide variety of situations, right, so that was this is for me, right, but the other thing was here's this philosophy stuff, right pretty decent right this this uh, this stuff that you know really had had sparked my interest with this original t v show, but when I first encountered Ninja to. It wasn't like people today, right? You know, they're introduced to Bujinkan and Hatsumi Sensei and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, because it's Bulu Taijutsu, right? There's this general warriorship kind of thing. Um, I came in on the side of Nijutsu being introduced to the Western world, right? So here's this image, right? This black-clad, masked, individual, sword kind of thing, right? I'm a military-trained cop. Counterterrorism, that kind of stuff, right? So, in the beginning, I kind of laughed this off, right? Because I saw this ad, and the ad was for this book, right? Uh, it turns out to be the first in a series of books that were published by Stephen Hayes. Uh, they were called, generally speaking, they were called the Ninja series, right? So, it was the word Ninja, volume whatever, and then this subtitle. So, um, uh, what was the first one? Uh, Spirit of the Shadow Warrior, right? And then uh, I think it was Warrior Path of Togakure, and moved on that way, right? Now you can get them all collected, right, in this thing called the Complete Ninja uh, Collection or something like that. It's this big book, right? But it's actually, uh, what, six, seven, maybe eight books, right, all together, right? I've got one. One of my students bought, we won't bought me one, but I've got all the books except for the ones that were introduced into that one. So, I mean, now I have them, but either way, right? So, um, each of these books, right? It was really, really cool. They were all divided, right? So there's a, there's a chapter on history. There's a chapter on philosophy. There's a chapter on psychology. There's a chapter on physical self defense, defense techniques. There's a, uh, there's a, a chapter on the higher level of things, right? So it could be stealth. It could be, uh, it could be like Mikyo stuff. It could be Kuji, whatever, right? There was a good mix in each book, right? Um, and so this, this really, you know, spark my interest kind of thing, right? And then, you know, diving into it, in the early days, it was really presented. Hasmi Sensei, Stephen Hayes, the whole group of instructors during that time really went out of their way to separate or to 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 create a, a difference, right? To highlight the difference between needs to and what everybody else was doing martial arts-wise, right? So, are we doing this ancient martial art? Well, there's martial arts aspects to it, right? But there's all this other stuff, right? And that's what a lot of people today are missing. There was all this other stuff, right? So we didn't wear martial arts gi, right? We didn't wear uh, kigogi or dogi. We didn't wear these things, right? We wore uh, uh, combat uh fatigues cargo pants you know uh military web belts that were the color of the rank and, and things like that right again it was set out to differentiate things right other lessons were brought in not brought in from the outside but were highlighted within the art again stealth and survival skills and uh meditation and all this stuff right that the literally drew hundreds of thousands of martial artists who apparently shit we're all looking for the same thing as well, and we're disappointed. I mean, they they learned from these other arts that they were, they had been studying, but it wasn't what they were looking for when it came to warriorship and this again philosophy, psychology, all of this stuff that supposedly was passed down by past masters. But by the time we got to it and jumped into these classes, what we got was fight skills and some self defense and the way to win tournament or the way to win trophies and and belts and whatnot in tournaments. So, uh, a lot of us were kind of disheartened from things. I mean, we were doing things because that was what was available. Right. But again, you know, my first thing was the same thing that most people do, right. It's convenient, right. I'm, I'm willing to drive that far to that class or that's on my way home or, uh, whatever. Right. Um, that's what was available. Right. Um, I don't know that I've ever probably it, it probably crept in um to some degree at certain points where I was uh loyal to the art that I was studying. Because that's what ego does, right? But there was always this gnawing thing that something was missing. And that gnawing thing because something was missing happens because I had this image. I had this 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 goal in mind, right? This this thing that I was looking for, right, and so the discernment faculties in mind is, is always going to be gauging, is what I'm doing that thing, or how close to it is it, right, I believe this is why people run around and, and learn many different systems, because no, they believe that no one system has everything, why do they believe that, well, because the first one or two systems they jumped into didn't, so that formed, uh, you know, an opinion, right, It's just confirmation bias, right? Now that I believe that, now I believe I have to run around and learn a whole bunch of things to spackle in the cracks, right? But when I found this thing that had everything I was looking for and a 100 times more, but at the same time, there's always been this healthy sense of doubt, right? Because there was something I was looking for. And if this art ever – and I've said this before, right? If this art ever doesn't provide something or, closer to the way I believe, something else comes along that is more in line with that thing and I think it's better, I'll be doing that tomorrow. Now, it doesn't mean I'm just looking to jump shift because it was also a year, good part of a year if not more, um, in my martial training back in the late 80s, early 90s, where I tried to make this stuff fail, okay? That's something that's kind of counterintuitive because ego latches onto things and doesn't you know, doesn't want what it's doing to fail, right? Because, I mean, then what? Holy shit, right? I got to start over, uh, whatever, right? This stuff has to work. Once we latch onto something and believe that it has to work, then it has to work, right? We will go out of our way to set things up so that it always works, right? But if you really want to know whether or not something works, you try to break it, right? And I did find times when what I was doing failed. Okay. Now, I don't mean the art, the art itself. What it did was show me that the techniques that I was trying to do or the things I was trying to do in that moment weren't designed for that context, right? So I had to, I had to, go deeper right to train even farther right um, to learn more about not just the moves but the context and all that which is why I teach this way today right so anyway um, I don't know if James is on or not James James has been having some some uh, uh, internet issues um, I think he's on James are you on? I see the people have come on. They've jumped off. I mean, this is this is probably one of those boring, uh, boring episodes for people. Or they're in the middle of work or whatever. I don't, don't want to make value judgments on people, but um, I don't know if he's on or not. Oh, there he is. Okay, so um, th- this wasn't going to be like this super, you know, involved kind of thing. Uh, if you want to, if you want to get more about you know my journey itself or whatever, again, episode what, James sixty eight probably through seventy. Seventy-one. I, I went through a lot of these things, right? Why the, why the path? Why need to that kind of thing, right? Because um, I truly do believe that, uh, and that this is in any realm, right? The more options we have, the greater our chances of success, right? And this is actually something I learned outside of needed to. I was actually, um, I don't even know what I was studying at that point. It was a psychological thing, and I think it had to do with troubleshooting and why people fail. And how people get stuck and, and those kind of things, right? I've Weird hobbies, right? Um, but what it really did was kind of walk you through, like, some numbers, right? And literally you only went through, like, zero to three or something like that, right? Um, and, but when I got to this point, right, something clicked that Hatsumi Sensei and a couple other teachers said that kept going back to this number three, right? And this idea of freedom. And freedom of choice and, and those kind of things, right? And then it was highlighting like how I describe things, how I speak, right? So what it, what the gist of it was, uh, people will often say, you know, they, they end up like banging their head against the wall or they have a problem they, or they can't find a solution to something, right? Or they choose something and, you know, they get bites them in the ass kind of thing, right? And so what they will often say in, like this or something close to this is well, I didn't have any choice, right? I was stuck, right? Um, even with me growing up with a violent stepfather and a, and a mom who was, you know, abused and wasn't going to step in and, and those kind of things, right? Um, you know, for me to say I didn't have any choice until I was 18 and moved out is not true because kids run away every day. I did have a choice. I didn't choose that, right? I didn't choose that. Partially because I had, I was the oldest. I had two younger sisters and a younger brother that I needed to watch out for, right? Partly because I had already developed some survival skills where I could mm, kind of tiptoe around, say the right things, you know, throw some jokes out, learned how to calm them down a little bit here or there. Didn't always work, but developed some of those skills that allowed for nice times to creep in right I've got some nice memories of those of those days right um, but there was always that possibility say the wrong thing do the wrong thing and that nice moment could just turn into something else right but either way I didn't make those choices okay so I never ever 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 never say never right never ever ever say I don't have a choice right there may be moments where there are no good choices. And so my choice is to be patient and wait for a better opportunity. But you're never going to hear me say I had no choice. You may hear me say that wasn't a good time to act. So no good choices. The best choice was I'm going to wait for a better time. I'm going to wait for a good time where I have an option that will that will work out better, right? So, but here's here's what the researcher or the the psychologist or whatever he was, right, you know, had, had, was teaching, right? If you have zero options, right, think about that. If you have zero options, you're dead. The only people that have zero options are dead, right? That's kind of like when I when I do an introductory class. I just did one for an eight year old tonight. Parents of an eight year old, right? Um, as a part of that introductory lesson, uh, we focus on, uh, things like paying, uh, you know, awareness and paying attention, discipline, confidence, those kind of things, right? So I'll start off with respect, right? And, and let them know that, you know, respect is our, our first line of self defense, right? If we don't do anything, we don't use our words, facial expressions, body language, demeanor, attitude, or whatever to do anything, that would make somebody want to punch me in the, fa- in the in the throat or in the face or whatever, right? Um, then I'm only ever going to have to use my skills against people who are going to attack me because of who they are, not because of who I am, right? And I know they'll make it who I am because they have certain targets they're looking for, but it's about them. I didn't start it because I was a jack wagon, and, and then they threw the first punch, and then that gives me some reason to, to do my thing. But I could always say, well, they started it. No, 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 I started it. Okay, so we don't want that to happen. So respect starts. Respect is the first line of self-defense. Right. Awareness is the second line of self-defense. Right. The ability to focus, concentrate, be aware of my surroundings. The farther away from me, I can see danger occur. The sooner I can start acting to remove myself or to take actions or take steps to prepare for things should I choose that what like, I've got to hold the line or I've got to protect somebody else or I'm gonna I'm about to step in, right? The sooner I can see that, the you know, whatever. Now, are there surprise attacks? Of course, which is why in the upper levels of needed to, we have what borders on Western ESP, you know, extrasensory perception kind of things, right? Everything that people want to turn into some woo-woo kind of thing, right? But there's a whole science behind it. Anyway, right? So but I go through this um, with the students, right? And, uh, what I'll, and we do these little fun things, right? To keep their attention and stuff. And right And I'll say, um, you know, have you, have you ever been at home and mom or dad, and you guys can translate this to boss, significant other, whatever, right? Um, where they wanted you to do something and you either thought or said these words. Oh man, I don't want to do nothing. And maybe there weren't words that you thought, but it was that feeling, right? Oh right teenager Ugh. right <laughs> so um you know and most of them admit to it right some will go not that i could think of and then the parents back there laughing and burying their face in their hand or whatever right so um i very very quickly remind them okay so we're going to we're going to do this attention drill cuz i want to see if you can if you can stand still and control yourself right which is about discipline right and you can focus um i just want to see where that is right um But I also want you to understand that to say, I don't want to do nothing, right? I don't want to do anything or whatever, right? Um, It's really impossible because you're alive. The only people that can do nothing are dead. The only people that have zero choices are dead, right? Okay? So there's this thing, right? I mean, we need to get our head wrapped around these things, right? If we're going to make strides... I don't care if it's toward our black belt or next level black belt or or more success in our lives instead of blaming other people or whatever. We need to listen to what we say. We need to listen to the things that we've inherited from other people, right? This This mass hypnosis shit that everybody's under because it allows them to shift blame, right? And kind of accept less while being resentful of people that have more, right? So we can start by listening to shit we say. Right, and one of those things is I have a choice. I have choices. You understand? I do you understand? Okay, I came from that direction as well. Right, I'm not dead, so therefore I have choices. I may not, in any given moment, have good choices, so I choose to wait for a better time, better choice. It's called patience. Right, good ninja skill. So anyway, um, zero. Right. No choices, zero. If you have zero choices, you're dead, right? If I only have one choice, right, I'm a slave, right? Because sometimes when people say, I didn't have, any choice, I didn't have choice, right, what they really mean is that's they had to do that or they were going to be in trouble. They had to do that or uh, they weren't going to get some benefit from somebody or whatever, right? Um, if you only have one choice, you're a slave, okay, and you're a willing slave. Because you accepted the fact that you only had one choice, Okay? Because you always have the choice of walking away. You always have the choice of saying no. You always have the choice of holding out for better, right? No matter what somebody does to us, and I know how difficult that can be sometimes because I know how bad the beatings can be, right? And that includes verbal, emotional, those kind of things, right? But this goes to self-value, right? goes to self-value, right? We will accept less crap and we will um, seek out better for ourselves when we think better of ourselves. Okay? And I don't want to hear this. You don't understand. Yes, I do. I started at rock bottom. So, no. Okay? I'm just, you know, you can believe what you want as long as it makes you feel good. But it's wrong, okay? So, if I only have one choice, I'm a slave, but slaves are complicit in their slavery, okay? And I know I'm going to get a rash of shit about that, right? You do understand, you know, whipping and chains and... Really? Explain to me then the Underground Railroad. Explain to me the escape routes. Explain to me all the networks of people that help them. Explain to me laws be damned, mass... Belief be damned, whatever, right? There are ones that were like, screw this, I am not staying here. Yeah, well they could get killed. Okay, the fear of being killed, beaten, your family being that, that done or whatever. Okay, if it makes you comply, okay, but you still made the choice, right? So, but either way, zero, dead. One, slave. Finally I have two choices, I have a dilemma, right? But a dilemma is only a dilemma because I've got two choices. They're equally good or equally bad and I don't know where to start. Well, if that's true, if the outcomes are, uh, you know, both of them are, uh, you know, they're going to move me ahead like half an inch. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're going to move me like way where I want to go, but they're not going to make you back up. Okay. Then pick one or option three. You always have an extra option. The extra option is wait. Now, most people wait, okay? It's a really good book that I suggest everybody read, okay? I know since I've been throwing out books that uh, <laughs> most people, because it doesn't have the word ninja or need to or warriorship or whatever, right? Of course, then, you know, they think I'm nuts or retarded or, uh, you know, it's stupid or, you know, whatever, right? Uh, like when I threw out the book, uh, Influence, right? Uh, believe it or not, I have some really close students that brought that book in and went, holy shit, this is a really good book. I know. <laughs> right? So, or, uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, or the, his bigger series, uh, The Science of Success, right? Those kind of things, right? Um, the Art of War, right, by Sun Tzu. These kind of things, right? Well, at least that's closer, said say. That's closer, right? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> zen in the martial arts. Well, that's at least closer. You know, how about Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance? Okay. You can find it in anything that you do, right? So, but here's one, right? This one's called, uh, Oh the Places You'll Go. By Dr. Seuss. Don't write off the kids' books too much. Okay. His other book, Horton, Here's a Who, was actually dedicated to a Japanese Buddhist priest uh, that he was friends with. And it is about microcosm, macrocosm, and a lot of the stuff that's in our Mikyo training. Interesting, huh? Anyway, but it's just a kid's story. Yeah, careful, right? So, but Oh, the Places You'll Go, right? Um, really good book. It's 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 about motivation and esteem and all that and potential, right? But it really focuses on attitude. Like, that's these things are possible for you if your head's in the right place, right? But there's also this reality in life, right? You could find yourself in this really bad place, right, called the waiting place, okay? Now, waiting because that's your option, because you're paying attention, and you're waiting for that perfect opportunity. It's kind of like being in Sega no Kamai. Right? Or whatever, sword come I unarmed, whatever, right? I'm in this come I and I'm waiting, right, for him to come in on me. I'm not doing anything but waiting and watching. Okay. Or I'm I'm at a I'm at a restaurant with my family, right? And uh I've I've come in, I've done my little safety check, I've established the baseline of activity and code of dress and typical, you know, demeanor and activity there and whatnot. Somebody comes in that that kind of, you know, breaks from that, right? So they start to get my, some of my attention, right? I'm not staring at them. I'm, not like glaring, right? But I do keep my eye on them, right? And I'm going to do that until something changes that tells me, no, no, it's all good, right? They're, they're a part of this subculture. They're whatever. This is the way they dress. Whatever, right? They get up and leave. Whatever, right? Okay? Waiting. Using patience, being mindful of the right time to move is not the same as procrastinating, not doing anything to move myself forward, but telling everybody, well, that's not really the best time yet, right? I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm waiting for the best time. Bullshit. You're not doing anything. Not you, because we're all enlightened, right? Right. Um, but somebody like that is not waiting. They're not strategically, they're not in a strategic holding pattern, watching and vetting options and opportunities. They've made an excuse. I've had students like this that, holy shit, I had one guy for nine or 10 years, every year, tell me he was going to Japan next year. This year's not going to work out. I'm going to go next year. Okay. He finally said, you know what? I'm never going to go. I'm I'm just going to stop bullshitting you and telling you that I'm going to go. Okay. Because when people do that, right, psychologists tell us that when people do that, what they're doing is they're relieving pressure on themselves. Right? They're relieving pressure. They are giving themselves time to not have to think about it, the things they need, the pressures, the challenges, or the work that needs to be done to manifest that thing that they say they want. It's a relief valve. They're not strategically they're not in a strategic holding pattern because they know they need more time to act. Right? I can't do it this year. I'm going to do it next year because there's already things I'm committed to this year, so I can't fit it in. I'm going to have to do it next year. Right? Okay, that's one thing. Right? But saying I'm going to go next year because there's no way in hell I can commit to going this year because I know I'm just not going to do the things that I need to do. Right? That's different. OK, but dilemmas often hold people, right, that, you know, well, I, I had a guy that I was working with at one point. We we're working on a project and he had committed to um, handling like this one aspect, right, of um, of the project. And um, finally, we sit down and he goes, well, there's just there's so much that needs to be done. I don't know where to start. I said, well, which ones are the priority? Well, they're all a priority. Well, if they're all a priority, then none of them is um or if they're all a priority, it doesn't really matter which one you pick then does it because as soon as I pick one and start working on that, the next hot button will become evident right but people will they'll, they'll it's called paralysis through analysis right they've looked at all these things and then they are stuck and they don't know which one to pick right well, I don't know I really don't want to know which way to or where where to start okay. I want to been wanting to do martial arts for a long time, but I know, don't know where to start. Uh pick up the phone and call a teacher? Send an email? Um and ask, how do I get started? What's what's the first step? Okay. Well, see, but I don't have any in my in my local town, so and they like they're all way away from me, right? And I, I can't travel. Um can't, right? Can't travel. Can't usually means won't, right? Um Uh, Oh, and the other big one is, um, uh, well, uh, online training and and video training sucks. Um, I'm not going to do it until I can be in a dojo. So something to move me forward until what? A, A random teacher sets up shop in my town, and then hopefully I'm still interested then, right? Whatever, right? So, something's better than nothing, right? I mean, if this were true, that a dojo, dojo training is best. What would these people have done before the advent of the dojo, which was only a couple hundred years ago? Not as old as our art, right? We're talking, what, 1800s? When these warriors, who now had no wars to fight, set up dojo. You can look that up. Okay. The dojo concept is fairly new. Okay. So what about before then? For everybody that wants to do it the traditional way, what would you have done then? Anyway, but I'm not talking to you guys because you all train, right? You practice daily or at least a couple of times a week, right? Um, you know, anyway. So, um, we're always talking about somebody else. Actually, one of my teachers used to always say, if I'm teaching something or I'm saying something and you're wondering whether or not I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to the person beside you. So at the very least, you have you have an opportunity, you have a responsibility, and you have, um, you have a personal stake or a personal um, – it, it puts skin in the game – to not just, like, nod and assume that it's talking about somebody else because, you know, ego's got my shit together, right? Um, To make sure I'm not doing that same thing and then make sure I haven't deluded myself, right? So, but anyway, um, so zero, dead, right? Only dead people have zero choices. One choice, slave, okay? Two choices, dilemma. Pick one, okay? Pick one. And sometimes it's shut the hell up and stop saying that you're training. Because if you're never going to take any action on it, how about if you start by stop bullshitting yourself? And again, I'm not talking to you guys, right? All right? So it's only when you have three or more options in a given situation do you approach true freedom. Okay? True freedom. This goes for... This goes for everything. This goes for relationships. This goes for job searches, right? These people are like, uh, you know, I, I've, um, uh, I've been looking everywhere for a job. How many applications did you fill out today? How many did you fill out yesterday? How many did you fill out this week, this month, this year? Okay. I think I told you my, uh, this story of one of my uh, students' wives, Sarah, uh, was between jobs at one point. She was unemployed for three months. Three months, okay, making all these fingers, right? Three months, okay? During those three months, she sent out 300 resumes. 300. That's somebody who's looking for a job everywhere, okay? But some people, they'll put one in, don't hear anything. They don't call. They don't double-check, whatever, right? Plaster the area, right? Yeah, but I mean like what if they all call me? One, that won't happen. And two, if more if a bunch call you, <laughs> now you've got leverage. Unless, again, you are afraid that if you don't say yes to the first guy that comes along, then you won't have an option. Again, this goes back to sell value. Okay? Options. Options, options. Okay. Um, and becoming somebody who's valuable, right? Um uh, Earl Nightingale, at least that's who I got it from. This is a guy that started the whole uh, personal development success trend and all that stuff way back in the day. Uh, I think it was in the fifties, sixties, maybe fifties. I think right. Anyway, um, I can't remember if it was he who actually said it, uh, or he was calling on uh, research by somebody else. Anyway, the formula, right? For getting uber successful, right? And to establish value, right? Is in how difficult you are to replace. How difficult you are to replace is is a combination of two things. One, how well you do what you do. Plus, the knowledge that you have, the extent of the knowledge you have in that area, and how difficult it is to replace you in that thing, right? You make yourself irreplaceable, or virtually, right, by being better at what you do than everybody else, being more valuable to the organization, right, or the group that you're in, or whatever, that replacing you would make them back up. But people don't do that. They do barely enough work to not get fired, bitching complain all the time, I'm I'm not getting paid enough to do this, but they're working in a job that practically anybody could do or could do with minimal training, right? If the company has a whole list of applicants that fit, that, that, that are capable of doing that, right? Okay? The easier it is to be replaced, right, the lower... You're the, the lower the the paycheck. It's just the way it works, right? You're not as valuable. I'm not saying you're not as valuable as a person. I'm not talking to you anyway. I'm, just, I'm using you as a general thing because I'm worried about. I'm always worried about triggering people, right? They start a shitstorm on on Facebook and social media platforms, right? It just makes me chuckle and be a bigger asshole. But anyway, um, so people want more of a paycheck, but they want more of a paycheck. In, in, in jobs that teenagers can do. Okay, and don't tell me I don't understand. Yeah, I do. Okay, what allows me to do what I do in the corporate world for Nissan North America and and major medical groups and all that kind of stuff is because I think differently even from the way most security professionals think. Okay replacing me is difficult and if they're if they are going to swap me out for somebody else they know that they opted for the lower price tag and that comes with lower less experience, less knowledge, less troubleshooting skills, all that kind of stuff, right? Of course there are some people that think that, you know, that, that have the Walmart buyer's uh thing. I'm not not from Walmart, I shop at Walmart too. for things that I'm not looking for top quality on. Okay? But to believe that I can get the same thing at Walmart that would cost me 10 times as much somewhere else, that the materials are going to be different and all that kind of stuff, that's just no. Anyway, all right. So um, we're looking for this freedom kind of thing, and that shows up in to a lot, right? In the Gyoko School's 3-in-1, uh, 1-in-3 one, one principle, which I've been going through um, uh, or went through, uh, in Whiteboard Wednesdays, a couple of past Whiteboard Wednesday, uh, things, uh, we do over on YouTube, and I think they show up on, on Facebook as well. But anyway, obviously I do them on Wednesdays, right? Uh, but they're, they're this big whiteboard, 30,000 foot strategic kind of thing. So if you haven't, uh, jumped into those, then, I uh, highly recommend that you look for those. They're, uh, promoted on Online Ninja, Online Ninja Online Ninja to Training, that's it, right, on Facebook and then over on my uh, Kage 36 uh, YouTube channel. Kage 36, by the way, is the Kage, one of the old names for a ninja, and 36, the 36 fundamentals in Ninjutsu, which is comprised of the 18 uh, standard warrior skills and the 18 uh, ninjazu training areas, right? So anyway, because right? I'm just a ninja geek, so I come up with these names just like everybody else does. Right. Anyway, so, um, but if we're looking for this freedom, if we're looking to be able to produce more results and all that, then we need to create more options or we need to be more open to options. Right. And so anyway, right. So, I mean, I I was jumping around through all these different martial arts. Right. And I had options, but the principles and concepts didn't match up so well. Right. I had to like, like putting together a, a jigsaw puzzle, right. And, well, they look close, so I'm just going to jam the tab into the slot there, right? And, and it's jagged and rough and everything, but you get the general gist of the picture. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. So, anyway, um, I I don't know if, uh, if James is on or not. I'm going to check over here and see if... James, are you on there at all? I see a dark picture. Oh, you are yes, there? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Look at that. There's a voice. Now, there's a... <laughs> dark rectangle at the bottom. Are you having internet problems again? or? Yeah, it's continually disconnecting it, so I cut the video stream trying to save on bandwidth, see if it would help. No worries. Uh, we should just send the Koga Ninja Band into into your local... Uh... No, never mind. That's <laughs> anyway. Alright, so uh, any questions or comments come in? I'm seeing people come in, go out, come in, go out. Um, our little counter in here goes up and down and all that kind of stuff and fluctuates. Um, who's on? Who's who's consistently with us? I saw a couple of notifications pop up of people that were uh, sharing different things, but you can't see anything. I didn't see any questions. It keeps rezing. It time it kicks out. Oh. For- Oh, for you. All right. Well, let me, let me take a look here. I typically don't like to bring this up because I don't want it to show up on the, on the screen. So I'm looking at it. Is it showing on the screen at all? Cause I'm always suspect of when, uh, when, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the hackers jump in, right? So, oh, Julia liked and shared again. Uh, let's see. So hello, Julia. Jen Votel is on. Uh, Darren's on. Hi, hey, Darren. Um, let's see. Yep, Japan is closed right now. You're absolutely right. Uh, no, it's not showing. Thanks, Jen. Okay, so yeah, I don't see any questions. Maybe this was just a boring thing, kind of thing, but I did put out that I would answer any training-related questions that people had. So uh, if anybody has any, uh, I'll be more than happy to answer that for the next couple of minutes and... If not, then um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Let's see. Stan's on. Stan's one of the guys going through my uh, instructor training program. Uh, Stan's all jazzed about helping things grow. So as of tonight, where are we as of tonight? Uh, as of tomorrow, uh, they're already paid for for their, their uh program or whatnot, but she starts tomorrow. As of tomorrow, we will have crested 50 active training students. Not bad after uh, pulling things out of the COVID crap. Um, let's see, but my goals are ginormous. So anyway, uh, let's see, not boring at all. You always give excellent reminders. Oh, good. Well, as one comedian that I saw one time, (laughs) he said, my job is to is to let you know about stupid shit that you may not have thought of or to remind you of uh, things that you forgot to laugh at the first time. So, <laughs> uh, reminders are not a bad thing. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Somebody just had somebody else popped in something, and I missed it. Ann Smith. Ann Sama, are you on? Let me scroll along here and see if I can find. I'm only seeing. I'm uh, seeing. Let's see. Joy is over on YouTube, Facebook, 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 YouTube. I'm still listening. Excellent. Uh, did Hatsumi say retire? Yes, Hatsumi said they retired. Um, it's funny. People are still calling me shodoshi. Um, I mean, probably out of habit and stuff like that. But I haven't been a shodoshi for a couple of years now. Right. So uh, anyway, not that I'm all wrapped around titles or anything, but uh, I I know that people like those like those kind of things. So anyway, um, what I think is funny is that sometimes people, um, they uh, ask questions about how to say or what's going on in Japan or whatever. um, But they've uh, these same people have plastered like all over Facebook or whatever, that they're a personal student of the same person so I'm confused, right? Anyway, I don't stay confused. I just, I, I know how eco works, right? So anyway, uh, let's see. I thought I saw something from Ann Smith and where are you? Let's see. And James got booted off again. James been having some, uh, heck of a problem on his end, um, with, uh, his internet service provider. Oh, there we go. I, I see it now. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Well, it wasn't for Kuden. She was actually responding to something else that I sent her. That was, uh, something about, uh, if you're really going to be studying classical, uh, philosophy, right? Now I was on the Western side, like, uh, Plato and, and the things like that. But, um, this is, this, this goes to what we're, uh, we're doing anyway. I think one of the, one of the big things that get among lots, right? But one of the big things that gets skipped over a lot, uh, by people who are supposed to be serious students is they don't spend any time or they spend minimal time, pick up little snippets, right? And, and then they can regurgitate it, right? They can just repeat it, right? Like that makes them knowledgeable, right? It's, um, it, it's that thing that I was talking about a couple of episodes ago, uh, with regards to that book, um, cutting through spiritual materialism by, uh, Chogyam Trungpa, who was a Tibetan, uh, uh, Tibetan uh Buddhist monk that had emigrated to the United States in the 70s, I think, right? Uh but this cutting through spiritual materialism had to do with ego grabbing a hold of certain things, including um, spiritual uh studies, right? And then taking these little shortcuts and memorizing things um, so that it could, it could sound like it was already enlightened uh, or saved or whatever the word happens to be in whatever area, right? Um, because it's the, it's the easy thing to do, right? Ego doesn't like to give up uh, control, right? So um, uh, anyway, so, but they're, 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 again, there are these three lords of ego uh, and one of them has to do with uh, latching onto these things. But the hard part, right, is in, we have to remember that we are studying uh, obviously it's going to turn into a western thing right uh, it's going to turn into a western canadian uh american australian whatever right your uh england english kind of thing or whatever right wherever you happen to be because you're bringing it into your culture right but the source right was japanese right and this this thing that we've we've kind of imported is a Japanese thing, right? And, uh, this came up in, in, a, in a, uh, in a class in Japan, uh, one time. And I, don't, I can't remember which students I had with me, but, um, uh, one of the Japanese master teachers made a boo-boo, right? And it, it pissed off Hatsumi Sensei off enough that, uh, there was this big thing. I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a, in a past episode, but, uh, one of the things that really came up was, It is our responsibility as students, right? It's always the student's responsibility to learn the culture, to learn the philosophy, the understanding, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, So that we can learn the lessons properly. But often people don't do that, right? What what people want to learn is uh, they want to learn the cool moves, right? They want to impress their friends. They want to be that powerful, kick-ass a killer or whatever, right, while being able to speak like they're humble, okay? Because walking the talk is not as easy as learning some moves and looking like you walk the talk, right? It's very, very different, right? So um, our school, our academy, and, and the seminars and stuff that I run are, are set up, understanding that many people come to the training for their own personal reasons, right? So um, that's why I offer as much of this stuff within Needs as possible. was possible. Um, but at the same time, we're still, you know, we're, we're offering everything. There's lessons in, in all of these things, right? And um, it's important that, that folks are clear, like I alluded to with with my journey, right? Um, what was I looking for, Right. Uh you gotta make sure you're getting that. You're not just you're not just um I don't know. People like to say, I'm an empty cup, I'm an open book, I'm a blank slate, uh fill me up, sensei. One that's perverted. No. <laughs> um no, I, I that goes back to being a slave, right? Or I want to be a disciple, or why? Right? And and here's a, here's something. Here's this question. And I know I mentioned this a, a bunch of episodes ago um, that came from this meditation that one of my teachers had me go through, right? What makes you worthy of getting the lessons, right? What uh, – this is not a demeaning thing, right? This goes to self-worth. What are you going to do with it, right? What is it that you're looking for, right? It's in there, but what is it that you're looking for? And on top of that, um I'm not a cult leader and I'm not a used car salesman. I had two of my instructor trainees uh with me tonight during that eight that eight-year-old um, intro, right? So they could kind of get an idea of how I do it and the flow and, and the logical steps. Now um I don't recite exactly from the script that I'm gonna give everybody, right? Because I know what is supposed to be conveyed at each of these levels, and people can break from the script when they know how to do that too. You use your own words as long as you're producing the same results and you're getting the same mental uh, logical pathway happening, right? Not manipulation, not anything. It's helping somebody understand things in a certain order that's that's connected, right? So they can make a definitive yes or no decision at the end because they have the information they need. You've moved in a logical sequence and not been confusing, right? Which is basic communications, right, Um, you would think. To me, it's basic communications. It's it's not the way most people communicate. Um, And I'm listening for certain things. I'm gathering certain pieces of information. It's the ninja side of things, right? And I'm focusing on those aspects of the art that that person is looking for because they're looking for solutions to a problem. Don't feel strong enough, don't feel confident enough. I want my child to be more confident, more disciplined, uh, have better anger management skills. Uh, yes, I want to learn, I want them to learn how to defend themselves because they're being picked on or bullied or I can see the way the world is going or what. Okay, great, right? This is about them, right? But I'm not a used car salesman. I'm not here to convince everybody that Niji's is the best thing that ever existed. Or whatever I'm doing is the best thing that ever existed. These things are best for me. So, that's that. Uh, Ursa's on. I have a question. Is it procrastinating to plan to do something a different day and then doing it when you plan to? Nope. That's called planning. That's strategic planning. That's not procrastinating. Procrastinating is putting things off that need to be done because you don't want to do it. Procrastinating is delaying the inevitable, Right? Putting off till tomorrow, which you can do today. And you know the, you know the trick about tomorrow, right? Tomorrow never comes. Right? When that thing you call tomorrow comes, it's a today. Okay. What's that one what's that old saying? Uh yesterday's a memory, tomorrow's a dream. The only opportunity for uh action, results, or uh anything is today. Right? Um, now here's here's an irony for you. on a... Uh, my ex-wife and I had a ring, and we really did believe in the whole forever kind of thing. And uh, as a matter of fact, the ring, uh, I don't know if you know what a Mobius strip is. Let's see. If i can just to create something here. Oh, let's choose a strip of paper this way. Right? For those of you who are on video, for those of you who don't know what a Mobius strip is, there's Google, right? For those of you who are watching video, you're watching me do a magic trick. Anyway, anyway I'm tearing a piece of paper, right? So if we take a, a strip of paper and connect it end to end, right? We end up with a ring, right? So here's the trick with this, though. If you take a pen and you put it on a spot on this ring and I draw a circle, I'm going to come back to that same start point, but I'm on the outside. I have to go on the inside and draw a circle around, right? I'll come back to the, to the beginning, right? But I've got Two ink rings. I got one on the outside of the material, one on the inside of the material, right? A Mobius strip takes that, puts a half twist in it, right? Puts a half twist, and then attaches the ends, right? So I had a wedding ring once that was made like this, right? My students hated it, okay? My students hated it because um, it stuck up like that off my ring, off my finger. And in class I had to remember to rotate this rotate this thing half a turn around so that that raised area where this where the strip I had this thing custom made by a jeweler right um, where this thing crossed over it stuck up and if I didn't remember to turn that around and somebody got punched um, of fact, one of my guys John Golem he would get hit. he kind of reel back and he'd go ring!" And I, we'd all laugh and stuff as I remember to turn my ring around. Anyway, but with a Möbius strip, right? You're you're putting a half turn before you glue it, right? And this this strip of, of paper that I have is not long enough. But the the idea with this is if I put this pen on here and I start drawing around it, right? Drawing around, around, around. See what happens? End up going to the inside. Draw around, 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 and eventually I end up coming back to the very same spot. And if I let go of the paper. I only have one line on one side of the paper, okay? That's an infinity loop, okay? What the hell does that have to do with anything, Sensei? Okay? Um, anyway, on the inside of that ring, okay, uh, we just had the simple words inscribed until tomorrow, which was, that was our vow to each other, right? We'll be with you forever. But instead of saying forever, what we said was until tomorrow because we both held the same belief that tomorrow doesn't come. Tomorrow's an illusion, right? It's just a series of todays. If I work on todays, I don't have to worry about it. Well, she decided she was going to work on todays with somebody somebody else. (laughs) Anyway, so I have to laugh about it because um, very few people can commit to something and stay with it. It's just the nature of the beast, right? um, I, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, respect for those people who can do it. But at the same time, I have more respect for people who have a vision, know what it is that they're committing to. And then committing to that thing is easy because it's not that they don't quit. It's that this thing that they want is more important than anything that could get in the way. Some people don't want that, right? They want rank or they want prestige or they want people to look at them like they're something special or whatever they don't the end result is not what they say it is the end result is you know you need to see me like i'm all that in a bag of chips okay because i don't know i want to be seen that way i don't see myself that way whatever and i'm not here this is not about any judgment about anybody this is just things that can get in the way Right. So, no, if you if you uh, if you plan to do something and you have a goal, right, I don't care what day it is. Right. And you do it and it's done by that day or before. That's not procrastination. Right. That's that's strategic planning. Right. I, I'm going to do this thing. I don't have time to do it until Wednesday. I'm going to do it on Wednesday. Right. Or maybe Wednesday came and I had to troubleshoot things like there was a couple of days I have had to take my mom to a hospital or a doctor's appointment or whatever. She's, uh, what is my mom? Oh shit. 90. Right. Uh, 91, something like that. Right. So it's, it's inevitable and I'm the oldest and I live the closest and all. So anyway, right. So sometimes life throws a a curveball, right. But that doesn't mean I don't get it done the next day. Right. Or whatever. Right. Um, I don't have excuses as to why something didn't get done. And when you look at when I originally put it in place, that was, Weeks, months, years, whatever ago. Okay, uh, do I have a couple of those? Uh, used to. Okay, no different than anybody else, right? Um, uh, but for anybody that's on my team now and working through things, uh, <laughs> the fire in the belly doesn't doesn't uh, slow down. So anyway, uh, no. So, that, so to answer your question, yeah, that's that's not the same thing. Okay. So anyway, uh, hopefully the, the, the choices thing, right? So be mindful, right? Be mindful and self check, right? I don't care if you, if you go by the know thyself Greek thing or the Seishin Techie, right? Um, uh, personal clarity, right? First level of, of training in the ninja's, uh, art, right? No, it all comes down to know thyself, right? What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? I'm not trying to hide my weaknesses, I'm not trying to present my weaknesses as strengths. Ninja do that. And I know people have read those things, right? You present your, your your weaknesses as strengths and your strengths as weaknesses, right? Keep people off balance and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. The enemy, the one you're trying to destroy, Okay, right? Not your loved ones, not potential students, not, you know, whatever, okay? In my honesty, I will look at students and go, especially, you know, Kai people, upper level people, right? People at a certain uh, levels of their training, right? I will look at you and say, same thing Hatsumi Sensei said to me. I will lie to you. Ugh, why would you do that? See if you're listening. See if you're paying attention. See if you're actually validating lessons or if you're just taking the quick and easy and lazy route. Right? Sensei said, Sensei said, yeah. Did you validate Sensei's lesson? This is needed for God's sake. Nothing is ever as it seems okay. sensei's promoted a lot of people or allowed a lot of people to get promoted so that there can be smoke screens in the world. okay nobody wants to hear that shit either okay anyway, All right and Orissa for what, it, what for what it, uh, uh, for what it's worth, you've come a long way. I don't care what you think. I do care what you think. I just wish you thought more like those of us who were looking. All right. Um, I know now people are going to feel all bad because I called somebody out. It's my job. I'm a teacher. All right. Uh, anything else? James is on again and then back off again. He's probably swearing a lot. Didn't want you to hear. Questions, comments, complaints. All right. Let me, since I don't have my producer in the background, I'm going to jump around on the actual systems to see if there were there was anything that didn't bleed through or did, didn't transfer over on the system. Uh, again, any last minute questions, comments, complaints. Thanks to everybody that's actually been like liking and sharing things. Uh, this is the big way to help other people find it, right? Uh let's see. So Eric Marshall was on. Philip DeSmet was on. Uh, he's one of my instructor trainees as well. Let's see. My wife loves that little humming thing. Anybody ever watch the Karate Kid? The first one when uh, Miyagi-Sensei uh, got drunk uh, during that anniversary thing for him and his wife. Da, da, da. He's doing his thing. <laughs> she just, anyway, she just does this thing. And anyway, of course, she's the same person that, you uh, the only time my wife's ever hurt me? was by accident like we'll be messing around and an elbow will find its way into my eye joint or whatever and she'll go oh see tricky ninja master can't defend against kill her wife and we have a good laugh about it and whatnot so uh, i threatened her one of these years she's going to get a black belt that's embroidered with the kanji that says uh whoopsie jutsu right because that's that's her that's her art right so maybe some of you other guys that are husbands or your sig- whatever you you can relate um because you're significant others the same way. Uh so anyway, let me get over here. Where the hell we're in a couple of places on Facebook. So bump bum 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 bum. I don't see anything there. <laughs> All right, I don't see anything, so um, but I'll double check later, or James will double check later after he's got through his little fiasco. I always tell people technology is great when it works, and modern ninja have to be good with technology. Right? I mean, this goes to all of our training, right? I, again, I, I've mentioned this in the past, but people that are that are all about uh, only doing it the traditional way. Well, let me suggest that uh, if you're really training, right, then you have to accept the fact that. Technology has changed some things, right? Like, we don't have to be as good with horsemanship. Why, why, why was horsemanship on the warrior side and the ninja's training side, right? Bajitsu. Why, why, why horsemanship? Because that, trans- that was the car, right? That was the transportation of the day. If you're going to do anything other than run, you know, uh, 100 miles in a day or whatever, right? Then uh, you need to be good on a horse, right? Archery, sword, whatever, right? Now it's what? Automobiles, trucks, motorcycles, scooters, whatever, right? Uh, uh, same thing with stealth and all that. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this class. I teach so many classes across uh, online anymore between my inner circle guys, and you guys, and Whiteboard Wednesdays and that kind of stuff. So uh, excuse me if this you've heard this before, right? Um, but, you know, let's just pick something like stealth, right? Our, our traditional, right, art, the ancestors, right, spiritual ancestors and all that, right, they only had to worry about the ears and eyes on a human being and the ears, eyes, and nose on a dog for centuries. And I don't mean C-E-N-T, I mean centuries, S-E-N-T-R, right, guards, right, when they were being stealthy, right? Then there was the advent of the nightingale floor, this thing that chirps and squeaks when you walk on it. Darren and some of my other guys that have been to Japan with me, right, have walked on these things, right? Um, But still, that was the technology of the day, right? What do we have to worry about when it comes to stealth? Well, I don't know. Jeez. Uh, Let's see. Infrared, uh, motion detectors, uh, sonic ears, uh, night scopes, night vision. uh, (laughs) A lot, right? So... um, your skill set has to be actually better, right? Better, right? So for everybody that's, that still wants to do things the classical way and all that, that's, I'm not going to say that it's easy, right? But it's okay if, like, we're doing that because we do it, right? You do it to take the the original technology, look at the principles and concepts, and go, okay, what would that look like today? Right uh for those of you who um are looking for stuff like that, uh, my initial Hachimon course uh within it there's a student worksheet right um, that um if James were on I'd have him like pull it up quickly and throw a link up for you I'll have to send it out to everybody but um, there's a there's a worksheet that I created that has three columns and on one side has the the traditional you know eight gates right um, uh, what is it uh Nijino kiai, which is uh, use of the voice, Nijino uh, taijutsu, uh, Nijino sojutsu, right, spear, uh, Nijino ken, sword, uh, Nijino uge, influence, deception, manipulation, uh, Nijino kajutsu, right, fire, explosives, those kind of things. Um, du, 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 du. uh kyomon, right, is uh, education, study and all that, right. Um, and then in the middle, it's the principle concept, what's being conveyed, what you're doing, right. But the weapon is four, right? And then um, on the right side is the modern equivalent, right? I mean, people look at it and go, well, see, shoot again and uh, spear and sword and see, okay, I get it, right? But what are you looking at, okay? Archery of the day was the long-range weapon. Spear, halberd, was the mid-range weapon. Sword was the close-range weapon. You got a projectile weapon for long range, you got a pole arm, right, for mid-range, and you have a blade for close range. Today's world, knife, hanbow or cane, and, uh, uh, handgun, or any kind of firearm. Long range is still a projectile weapon, mid-range is still a pole arm, and close range is still a blade. Right? Being able to convert those things instead of just memorizing things and regurgitating them like, See, this is the official thing. Or the other side of things where, see, everything's you, whatever. You mix some stuff together and you know, Ninjutsu can be anything you want it to be. Okay. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Tori's on. Hey, Tori. Uh, Stephen Kay has demonstrated sneaking in during a documentary. He had to steal a guy's hat, which represented a kill. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, and there was a lot of uh, setup that went into that. But the, the big thing that I mean, I know they did what they did with the documentary, but there was also a lot of stuff that that got clipped and cut. Like, there isn't all these things, right? The big thing that that if, if we could get away from the entertainment value and look at what's really going on, right, playing to people's belief systems and and things like that. The ninja have always done that, right, with stealth, right? We have these uh, shinobi-zue, right, these uh, hollowed-out canes that have a hidden weapon. Could be a blade, could be a chain, uh, and a hook, could be, uh, a blowgun, whatever, right? But, like, how do you keep this thing, right? Cause there's a, there's a, like this teardrop shaped, uh, weight on the end of it that's the same kind of weight that would have been on the end of a, a Kasari Fundo, right? Kasari Fundo of the day, uh, didn't have, um, like machined bar metal kind of thing, right? Um, it would have been poured or hammered or, you know, piece of, uh, leftover, uh, iron laying around the blacksmith shop or whatever, right? So teardrop or sometimes they were around, right? Um, because our Casari Fundo, that training comes from the Manrique school. Got brought in. I just smiled from everybody on video. So that little cessure, that little pause that, uh, those of you listening in on Apple podcast and all that kind of stuff, um, that you picked up on. It's making a face, right? This surprise, right? Because there are more than these nine schools, right? Uh, the, there's influences from the ito and, and, and the Musashi school and all these things that are in, uh, the Bujinkan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody likes to recite the nine, the list nine schools. Those are the nine schools that the man had soke ship of, but he had been training in how many different martial arts since the age of five? Okay. Say again, people do half ass training. Right. Or they wait till somebody else writes a book about it. And then, you know, they can just read it and then psh, regurgitate back. Right. Anyway, um, the big thing was being conveyed is speaking and or acting to someone's listen. Right. What's their belief system? So anyway, back to the Shinobi Right. These these hollowed out canes. Right. Um. One of the ways that a ninja got away with these things, because to be caught with one of these things, would be like getting caught with a fully automatic Uzi in most countries today, right? Or getting caught with C4 or some other explosive, or whatever. Your ass is going to jail, right? Or in those days, you're just going to be beheaded, right? So how do you get away with things, right? How do you get by, right? Well, you have to look into other categories of training, right? So one of these things came up in this documentary as well, right? The uh, Shichihodei. The right? Shichihode is the seven ways of going, right? These were the seven go-to uh, disguises, uh, disguise and impersonation personas that the ninja could use, right, in ancient Japan, okay? And one of these things, one was a Buddhist priest, one was an itinerant priest. They're different, right? They dress differently or whatever. But either way, in the realm of Buddhism, right, one of the vows that a priest takes is to not allow um the uninitiated to gaze upon statuary, that kind of thing, right? Okay. So it's to keep it um from being stained by the by the evils or the poisons of the world. Right? That's the that's the the woo-woo kind of thing, right? Took one of those vows myself. Anyway, so but these priests would walk around with a staff and sometimes the staff would have like this this kind of thing on top of it, right, that could be used as a spear, right? But it had uh, six metal rings hanging off of it, okay? And there were three rings on each side, right? And as they moved, as they stepped, they would tap the ground with it, right? And it would rattle and rage and all that, right? But Buddhist priests take a vow to not harm other living beings, and that includes when you're walking, right? So the reason for doing this would be to scare birds, so they would take flights not accidentally and harm one, Or you're tapping the ground, which creates vibrations that gets insects and worms and whatnot to, you know, get out, you know, move. Right. So you're not inadvertently. Right. Because it's not just intentionally killing. It's even accidentally because that's lack of mindfulness. Right. So but sometimes what they would do is they would put a a white cloth over this thing. Right. To cover it up because these six rings represent the six realms that human beings can find themselves in the six different personality types, that kind of thing. Other thing, other other times. Uh, at the top of this pole, right, was a statue, a small statue that they would use when they were doing, uh, lessons for people or when they were doing meditation or whatever, right? And what they would do is they would put a small white cloth over this thing and then tie a leather cord or a silk cord or whatever around it to, to hold that, that thing in place, right? So if you ever see these shinobizue, right, they've got this, this piece of leather or white material over them that's tied down and then one of the motions for Because otherwise, when you walk, the chain would fall out or whatever, right? So what they would do is they would do this spear motion, right? Pop this end cap off, right? So this thing would flutter to the ground. And while this person is watching this piece of paper or piece of material flutter to the ground, and their brain is expecting to see this statue, right? Ninja's bringing this... Staff around, so this chain and this hook or this chain and this ball or whatever comes flying out or this dart or whatever comes flying out as this surprise weapon, right? Well, you know, in today's world, we look at that and we go, "What's well, under the cloth, dude, okay? But in those days, everybody knew it was under the cloth, even if it wasn't. Because if I dressed the part of this priest and carried this cane, with this thing over the top that was tied with a silken cord or a leather cord or whatever, nobody bothered to check. There was no searching of that cane because everybody knows what it was. Everybody knows. I'm making air quotes for the people on audio, right? Everybody knows what it is, okay? So the Shichihode was actually used in this documentary that Tori was pointing to, right? Because one of the, one of the, uh, uh, one of the seven things, because they had to be converted to modern day as well, right? So one of those things is law enforcement and security. Okay, one is uh, tradesman, carpenter, plumber, whatever. One of them is businessman. You get the idea, right? One of them is uh, clergyman, right? So you, you have to you have to convert from ancient Japan. What were the most common things seen in everyday society? That if I dress this way. Everybody would just assume that, that I was that thing and could move on, right? So, but he, he used a lot of psychology and things like that based on uh when the guards changed shifts, movements, all those kind of things, right? And it happened very, very quickly. And the I think there was this, wasn't there a competition or something? with was somebody else doing it or some other group doing it. And they, like, were trying to be super stealthy and all that. And he literally just, like, walked in, did the thing. And before they knew it, he was well inside, right? So, but this is the difference between understanding things and only having read some things, watched some videos, or thinking that you learned it, right? Remember that the learning wisdom paradigm um, is a three-phase thing. There's that damn three thing again, right? So, we learn something, right? But we have to practice it until we know it. We don't know it until we can do it without thinking about it. And then we have to keep working with the things that we know in different contexts until we can do things outside of the same context that we learned it. Yes, Darren, Hensou Jutsu, Okay. Um, but anyway, so... Um, uh, again there's a lot more to this than than that right so let's see uh jen says i appreciate what you said about not hiding your weaknesses yeah no if i'm if i'm using this manipulation and all that kind of stuff um i'm i'm out to undermine somebody and um i i, I am burning bridges and please know that when i burn bridges i burn bridges right i don't have arguments that we can apologize for later and i i didn't really didn't mean it i don't say anything that i don't mean Right? I don't go throwing words or actions or whatever around, uh, including the loss of temper and, and screaming, all that kind of crap, right? Um, because, you know, I can always apologize later. I didn't mean it. Yeah, you did. Nothing comes out that's not in here, that's not in subconscious storehouse. We can do a good job of covering it up and pretending, but it doesn't come out if it's not in there. So that's another thing that that the mass hypnosis has taught us. Right? That, well, this is what everybody does. Right? You know, say you're sorry. I learned that I can say I'm sorry so that everybody will like go about things like it never happened and give me the stuff that I wanted. Way too many, way too many people apologize. Not because they're truly sorry or they're truly remorseful for what they did. Most of them had no freaking idea what they did because they acted out of a sense of selfishness, right? They apologize because they're afraid they're not going to get something else moving forward. They're afraid they're going to lose something. It's not out of remorse. It's not out of compassion or anything like that. It's out of, oh, shit, I just screwed myself over. I should say these magic words and it'll all go away and then... Not in my world, not in my teacher's world. Right? This is all part of being authentic. Honest. Right? Tori says exactly. What else does Tori have here? Uh, Trinity, San Mitsu, birth, life, death, good things, to, good things come in threes. Yeah. So three is the minimum, right? And even in the scrolls when it comes to joint locking and, uh, one of the whiteboard Wednesdays that are coming up. Um, the topic is, uh, joint locks made easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm, pointing to if you know if you know what you're supposed to be doing. Most people just think that they're supposed to be tweaking and twisting and whatever. that they, they have no idea. Right? They don't they don't spend any time in a gray's anatomy or a basic anything like that, understanding physiology and how the body's supposed to work and whatnot. Um, they just, you know, it's just trial and error until I hope that I figure it out. Right. If we're truly standing on the on the shoulders of giants, right, all these past generations of ninja that did the work why are we still trying to reinvent the wheel? Right? So, and, uh, the thing with joint locks, right, is, uh, you know, your joints come in sets of three, right? Uh, it doesn't matter if it's your arm, your leg, whatever, right? Your limbs are attached and you have three different types of joints and those joints on your limbs are in the same order, right? Ball and socket joint at the, at the point where the limb plugs into the torso. So the hip and the shoulder are ball and socket joints, right? The uh elbow and the knees are hinge joints, right? So the middle joint is a hinge joint and the joint at the very end, right, where the hand is and where the foot is, right? The ankle and the wrist are um, uh universal joints, right? And each one has its own uh strength and all that. Uh, and but here's a here's a here's a uh here's a spoiler I guess, right? Here's the they the reason to not watch the upcoming uh not not the next one. It's it's gonna be a couple of weeks from now, but the upcoming uh, uh Joint Likes Made Easy is that to everybody focuses on the joint that they think they're attacking, like a wrist reversal, right? Is is I'm I'm twisting the wrist. Um that's not not true. But you can't do it or you you have to do too much work if you're missing the other piece and the other piece is to affect any joint to damage control lock or whatever any joint you have to have controlled and immobilized the other two in the series okay so the reason why tagagi ocean in my curriculum is so far up in the black belt chain is because all the locks and, and holes and stuff like that in tagagi ocean are done one-handed instead of two-handed and you have to know what you're doing to do that. Just like the fist, right, in Togakure school, right? Look very odd, like a like a fudoken, right? Is is uh this this the hand bent at an in an L shape. It almost looks like a knife hand, right? But that's the Fudoken, right? What most people see as a clenched fist, right? The shikanken, right? Have the fingers not together reinforced but flared, right? The boshiken, right, just sticks off the edge of the hand. I know everybody's seen Hatsumi since they do this, right? The, the thumb just sticks straight out, right? But the hand is open. It's not a fist with the thumb laying down on top, right? Well, what gives? Well, they're all modified because of the shuko, right? The hand claws. You can't make those fists while wearing a shuko. You have to modify them, but to modify them, you have to have learned the an anatomical and physiological strength and position of the joints In each of these other fists, otherwise you will break things on yourself because you won't have learned how to how to uh, position the the bone alignment so that you don't break things, right? So again, things are never what they look like. Okay. Anyway, all right. So Tori, thanks for bringing that up because that's that's a that's a good point. Thanks for actually joining in. I I I know we. bump into each other every once in a while on on the different platforms. But uh yeah, thanks for joining in, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully I'm not underimpressing or, or uh uh I don't know throwing things off. So anyway, I know some of you guys are high high ranking people in your own right. I appreciate you being on. All right, awesome. All right. So uh all right, where are we? Oh crap. Well, way too far in. James is apparently still conserving uh, bandwidth, so oh, he's gone again. I tried to click on things. All right, um, met you many years ago in Sunbury. See what happens? God, that'd be a long, long time ago, and I, I apologize, dude, for not remembering. Uh, I literally have had thousands and thousands of people go through my, my uh, dojo depending uh, between students and the seminars and camps and all that kind of stuff that we've had. Um, so hopefully we'll connect again, um, at some point, that'd, that'd be really cool. All right. Okay. So before I wrap this up, shameless plug, right? Uh, spring, uh, needs to camp is coming up May 13th, 14th, and 15th. The theme for spring camp is getting your head on straight, right? Something my evil stepdad used to say. Of course, my grandfather used to say it too, right? Get your head on straight, boy right um, but what we're going to be looking at we're going to be doing plenty of physical physical training and stuff right so people don't think that this is like uh oh, it's going to be one of these head game kind of things we're going to be doing plenty of time to two, plenty of weapons all that kind of stuff right um, but we're going to be looking at mental uh aspects right psychological things and all that um, that we need to make sure that our that our our mental game is as solid as our physical game because um Depending on the conflict, right, uh, it doesn't, it's not just the knife defense or whatever, but you'll hear me say these, these things more often in certain contexts, right? Um, uh, like with knife, right? I always tell people that knife and uh, gun, gun especially, right? 10% technique, 90% psychology, right? You screw this up, they better have a good suit picked out for you already, right? Um but um combat is, is, you know, when you look at the kuji, right? A third of the kuji, the first three are physical, right? Strength, health, all that kind of stuff, right? The second three are more psychological. The third three we call spiritual, but really what it is is psychological aspects that we can't pin down to a, to a, you know, to an actual specific function. I'm sure neuropsychology is getting closer to this stuff, but either way. Um, so it's the same kind of breakdown, right? So even if we just took that as a general focus, a third of an engagement, right, is psychological. What you're uh, doing to control his head, what you're doing in your head. So we're going to be looking at mistakes that people make, uh, ways to shore things up. Uh, one of the blocks of instruction that I'll be teaching is in uh, looking at the three basic types of meditation, how they match up with the three functions of mind, and how that relates to a self-defense situation distance-wise. Right? So why we should be honing each part, right? Each function to make it better, but how each of those relate to, uh, to a different distance from the attacker of the danger, right? And when and at what distance we need to be flipping the switch to be in what mindset, right? Um, cool stuff. Uh, of course, I have a couple of other black belts and stuff uh, doing breakout sessions. Last camp was a huge success. Uh, John Golem doing like lock picking and and uh, Jason doing some some uh, physiology kind of things and all that. Really cool stuff. So uh, anyway, so that's that one. That's May 13th, 14th. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, 13th, 14th, 15th. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if I have that off, switch your dates, right? Uh, fall camp, I do not have a theme picked yet. Uh, by all means, throw some ideas out there. Uh, that is September 30th, October 1st and 2nd. Uh, both of these are being held at, uh, the main academy, uh, in, uh, it's now in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. Uh, Tori, like three miles from the school that you originally went to, uh, to see me. Uh, so uh, we're doing that, but we'll also be doing some things at some outdoor locations and all that because I'm, I'm going to be doing a little bit more in the way of, uh, uh, outdoor ground, um, some nature things and all that. Um, and then, January 6th, 7th, and 8th, right, should be the second weekend in January of 2023. Uh, we're doing our Dicomio Sai, uh, yes, but intended kickoff, uh, training for the new year. Uh, those are our three big ones, but we've got some other ones that are coming up and all that, that I'll be doing. Uh, I know I do, I'm gonna, I want to do a sword, uh, thing. There's a bunch of other things that, that people are just jonesing to do. Uh, I don't have enough Fridays or weekends to get things in and still have a balanced, uh, life with uh, my grandson and my family and stuff like that. So I got to do what I got to do. So anyway, um, that's it. And we're also looking at, um, actually opening up some other uh, places and, uh, we will be actually, uh, uh, doing a licensing thing moving forward into the year. Um, I'm looking to, uh, Grow some affiliate schools and all that so uh, people will be able to use the uh, Warrior Concepts uh, curriculum, materials, all that stuff that I've spent twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 built and, and all that kind of stuff, so... Anyway, uh, yeah, Tori, we're, we're still, uh, getting those things in place and all that. So as soon as that, that stuff's all set up, should be this week coming up that, um, the registration pages and information pages will all be in place. I'm literally burning the candle at both ends. My team, uh, is not surprised when they get an email from me when they wake up in the morning and I've sent it at 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. Um, I just, I'm the Energizer Bunny with a ninja outfit and a sword. So, um, I just look like some fat old bald guy though, don't I? Anyway, so uh, yeah, it'd be great to have some of you guys in. There will be some virtual options, but based on some of the things that we're doing, I don't know how much of it we're going to be able to make virtual, right, to actually uh, make it worth folks' while to actually be on it that way. But whatever you come in for, whether it's a session, a morning or an afternoon, whether you come in for a single day or whether you come in for the full weekend, um, the camp recordings for that session are included in whatever you get. So you get that as a forever thing. Some people just pay for the whole weekend, even if they can only make, make it for a part that way they get uh, all the training anyway. Um, and then we're also working on a, um, on a continuity kind of thing where people can sign in and get, um, uh, like our Friday virtual, uh, lessons, the class, uh, training, uh, all these recordings from these past camps, all this kind of stuff. So, um, that's cool Uh for people that want don't want to jump into the full uh, platinum experience where they are an actual ongoing inner circle student and get weekly coaching calls with me and uh get to come in for seminars and discounts on all kinds of stuff and whatever. But anyway, that being said, all right, so um, that's it guys. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because we've been at this for two hours. And as much as I, uh, would love to keep chatting and all that. I have to remind my wife that, like, she still has a husband and, uh, um, you know, we still like each other, which we do. So we have a – actually, we have a, a cruise. Our next cruise is uh, in May unless I come up with something different. But anyway, all right, uh, cool. So uh, anybody have any questions or anything that that – we're left unanswered or anything pops up later or whatever. You can go on to the Kuden podcast page on Facebook or go on to my Kage 36 page uh, on uh, on YouTube. Or you can just shoot me an email, warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Uh, the dash is the minus sign, hyphen. I've been using dash anymore because, like, people are like, uh, what's a hyphen? Um, yeah, anyway, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the hashtag, right? Hashtag is a pound sign which some people that come up with, like, slogans for social justice things should um, be careful because most of the world sees, still sees a hashtag as a pound sign. So if it's pound and then whatever the words are after it, maybe they're not conveying what they think they're conveying. So anyway, again, strategic thinking. All right, guys. Jen, you're welcome. Julia, thanks for joining me. Me, Guys, Tori, Stan, all those guys that were on um, I'll talk to you again next time. Some of you guys I will see in class, right? So let's do our thing. All right, that's it, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Get more of Kuden Radio, subscribe to your favorite podcasting site, or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.